Well, we're joined now by Peter Dunn, who was the leader of United Future and served as ministers in both national and Labour governments. Kia ora, Peter. Kia ora, Lisa. Hey, I don't want to give you PTSD, but let's take a step back in time and pretend that you're a Labour MP again, right? Who do you vote yeah. for on Sunday and why? Uh, probably Hipkins on the basis of a uh, safest pair of hands. Uh, look, having said that, this is an impossible job. You've got, an, you've got a government that's trailing in the polls. You've got eight months to an election. The economy's going to get worse. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a job of trying to hold the ship together uh, as, long as, it's, as long as it can, but it's going to sink at the end of the day. Well, he is Mr Fix-It, isn't he, for the party? Yes, he is, and that's why I think he's, he, he will be the one that comes through. I don't think they could risk a more radical change because that would simply, uh, just to continue my analogy, just let the flooding increase even more greatly and the ship would sink more quickly. Okay, so what does that mean for his um, ticket, if you like, the deputy? Well, that's a good question. Uh, what's interesting is a couple of things about that. One is that Kelvin Davis, is, while he's ruled himself out of the leadership, he hasn't made any comment, to my knowledge, about continuing as the deputy leader. So on the assumption that he continues, then, then Hipkins and Davis, and you have the current arrangement where Robertson continues as deputy prime minister, if Davis pulls out, then I think you do look to someone like Kerry Allen to balance the ticket and to send a bit of a signal about the long-term future. Uh, and that would be quite an interesting arrangement as well. Peter, what you are saying is that when they go into the room on Sunday, they are effectively choosing the leader of the opposition in your mind, someone who can fulfil that role and would want to stay on and do it. And that's right. I mean, I'm not trying to say that the Labour Party is automatically going to lose the election. The, the odds look that way. But they've got to keep an eye on the fact that we're only eight months from an election and there's a bit of an even chance that whoever leads them will be the leader of the opposition in eight months' time. So who's that person likely to be? Hipkins appeals now. Whether he's the right person to lead them three years down the track is a question to be resolved after the election. But I think if they were to go now for someone who they really put all their um, eggs on, all their money on, if you like, sort of to say we're going to go for broke, uh, then it could be pretty disruptive. And I think... Labour will be mindful of National's experience of the last few years and also its own experience in opposition prior to Ardern, where it went through leaders like people, you know, go through um, new clothing. Are there any real parallels between the departure of John Key and Jacinda Ardern? Well, people are saying this. I actually don't think that's the correct parallel to draw, because in Key's case, uh, while it was a shock and a surprise and all of that sort of thing, uh, there were two obvious contenders there uh, in Bill English and Stephen Joyce. And the, and the only question was really whether English wanted the job. If he Once he said yes, then it was all over Rover. He was, he was endorsed by Key, and that was the end of the matter. I think the, more, the better parallel here is with, and it's a while ago, is when Norman Kirk died. Uh, the Labour Party was left in a state of complete shock. There was no obvious successor, and it took some days before Bill Rowland eventually emerged as the Prime Minister. And as we know, he went on to lose three straight elections. So I think that's the better parallel here, that the, the, the sense of shock is that much greater and there isn't, an, you know, given Robertson's withdrawal, there isn't a sort of an automatic successor standing in the wings ready to just walk on. Here's the thing, though, Peter. Could this not be a silver lining, right? Could it not be a positive opportunity to refresh? Here is an opportunity to ditch or minimise the unpopular policies that the party is um, entrenched in at the moment without tarnishing the leader because it's a new leader. So yeah, you absolutely. set a new agenda. I'm, I'm, that is, that, that's a real possibility. The problem with it, though, is, A, the time frame. He's got eight months to... to uh, or to she, let's not assume. Or she, yes, yep. yes, yes, fair, fair enough. Um, eight months to do it. But 
just ditching all the unpopular stuff, I think, won't be enough. You've then got to start to spell out some other stuff as well. And the other, the other factor in this is that um, the last Prime Minister to take over mid-term and win an election was Peter Fraser way back in 1940. There have been six Prime Ministers since National and Labour who've come in in similar circumstances and all have lost. So whoever the new Prime Minister is, they're not only fighting the current political situation and the current political turmoil, they're also fighting history. Thanks very much for your time, Peter. Really appreciate it. That is Peter Dunn, who was the leader of United Future and also served as minister in both national and Labour governments there.